Meat for tea is the ticket, a buffet of the sublime, the valleys and beyond avant-garde review, a cirque of word and visual art, film and music performance served up by impresario Elizabeth McDuffie and Sone Lab's sound guru Mark Allen Miller putting a crisp five-star multimedia cool out there. And who, I ask you, wouldn't want a piece of that? Have we started? We have started. So this is the Meat for Tea cast. You might always start like that. Who knows? I'm Elizabeth McDuffie, founding editor of Meat for Tea, The Valley Review. And this is... I'm Mark Allen Miller, sidekick and... Uh co-conspirator in Meat for Tea. Yeah, and um, graphic designer and web guy and um, the hats. host of the Cirques and a whole bunch of stuff. The hats, there are many. Hi, everyone. Hello, hello. Welcome to season four. Episode 29. Of the Meat for Tea cast. Thanks for joining us. Again, we're bringing you a very special episode. Yeah. This time it's a live recording of Lindsay Atkins' book launch party. Yeah, for her chapbook on <clears throat> Meat for Tea Press <clears throat> uh, <laughs> called Fixing the Halo. Wonderful, wonderful chapbook of poetry. Yeah, it, it's absolutely brilliant. So you'll be able to hear her event being recorded live at Splendor Solace Bookstore. And if you are a faithful listener, you probably heard our podcast with the owners of Splendor Solis Bookstore. Just a couple, couple episodes back. Yeah, Check it a couple out. episodes back with the lovely and charming Diane and Kevin Germain. So this is great. You'll be able to hear her read her poetry, talk about some of the inspiration behind the poems, and you'll be able to hear her taking questions from the audience. And hear cars driving by and people coming and because going. Because it's on Market Street in Northampton. Exactly. And that's, what, that's what that sounds like. For those of you that are local, one week from today, starting at 7 p.m., is La Soca de Bambou Givre mm. at mm. the Divine Theater at Gateway City Arts. Right here in Holyoke, Massachusetts. Action-packed evening. There's a short surrealist noir film by Dan Hills in collaboration with Brian Dulock. I miss him. He was a colleague and friend in grad school. Some of you locals might remember him as the projectionist at Pleasant Street Theater. That's right, yeah. Funnier, wittier guy you could not meet, and I grieve his untimely demise, but it'd be nice to bring him back in, in film form. Mm-hmm. We also have two awesome bands. Yeah. Speaking of Dan Hales, Frost Heaves and Hales. Yeah, they're so famous that that band name is on signs. <laughs> All over. You'll see a lot of them, like in North Adams. Yeah. They have much fame. And they, also, they, they open for Dip and Road once in a while, too, I think. They do open for Dip and Road, and sometimes Yield opens for them. Yes, that's right. Joining <laughs> <laughs> yeah. them, slow. speaking of legends, <laughs> will be the Bamboo Steamers. So that's next Saturday. Doors at 7. Of course, there will also be spoken word I'm expecting on a very lively and well-populated spoken word section of the night. Five to ten dollars gets you in the door. Do come. Do come. 
It's it's a lot of bang for your buck. I think if you come a little bit early, you can eat at Judd's too. You can eat at Judd's and that Shuck American food cooked by the supremely talented human Vitek Kruta, who's just an amazing punk rocker, visual artist, chef. I don't know of anything the man can't do. I mean, yeah, he's... Started underground zine back in Czechoslovakia. He's done a lot of cool things. We might try to get him on the podcast at some point. We are going to try to get him on the podcast for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, before we tuck into this with this great reading by Lindsay and, and uh, Splendor Solace, we should probably get some housekeeping, housekeeping out of the way. corner. Yeah. <laughs> so all the best ways to support us can be found on our website at M-E-A-T-F-O-R-T-E-A dot com. There you'll see that you can subscribe to the journal itself. You can purchase individual issues, whether in print or PDF form. We have a number of new book releases, including hot off the presses, Jerome Berglund's stunning collection of short form poems, Senru, largely. Mm. That one's called Funny Pages. It's a gorgeous little slim volume of we do say so ourselves. Mm-hmm. That's a lovely book. And the, the, the Senru form really lent itself to an interesting layout in the interior as well. Mm-hmm. So it's a very visually striking book to, to page through. I think it, it deserves a place in your library. Mm-hmm. And of course, Lindsay Atkins' book is there as well. We'll be hearing from her pretty soon, but a little more housekeeping. A little more housekeeping. You will also see ways to donate to Meat for Tea, but donations of over $100, because now we have a fiscal sponsor. Yay. And we'll update the website with instructions, but those should be in check form, made out to Gateway City Arts, because that's the way a fiscal sponsorship works. Donations go to them. We'll be updating the website with all that information very, very soon. They take their little 4% and send the rest to us, and the good news for you generous donators is it's tax deductible. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty awesome. You will find our spring store. Summer is nearly here. We have beach towels. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't be a bad move to arrive at the beach with your meat for tea tote, with your beach towel in it. We need we need like meat for tea sunscreen. I don't think they offer that there. Yeah, I don't know about getting all that formulated and everything. Yeah, bathing suits are coming, though. Bathing suits are coming. What else do we have that would be good? Do we have water bottles? Yeah, we do. So see, you could get your meat for tea tote, tuck your meat for tea beach towel in it, and have your meat for tea water bottle so you stay hydrated at the beach. And you'll be representing in style, and all the fellow people at the beach will be so envious you while you're lounging on your me teeny towel will probably function as a conversation starter. Indeed. You'll have to explain what is meat for tea? What is what is this meat for tea? And you can speak with authority. When you pull out the copy of meat for tea, the latest issue that you brought with you to the beach so you'd have some beach reading because you wouldn't go to the beach without beach reading. <laughs> this is this is such a wonderful hard sell. I love it. We, we've got you. Is it hard? No, no, but you know what I mean. It's great. It's just, you know, we've got your beach needs covered. We're just thinking about you. That's all it is. 
So you will see all those things. You will also find a handy dandy link to our podcast on Good Pods. We love Good Pods. We're thrilled to announce that we're still holding firm in the number one spot in the performing arts category of indie podcasts. And last I checked, we were number two in the performing arts category in non-indie podcast, only beneath Hidden Brain. Mm-hmm. Still, Hidden Brain. Still above Moth Radio Hour and uh, something else, too. <gasps> Snap Judgment. Snap Judgment, yeah. Well, I mean... So that's an honor. And Hidden time. Brain, we're coming for you. <laughs> I said it last time. I'll say it again. Good company to keep. Thank you all for helping us stay afloat on the Good Pods app there. But wherever you get your podcast, if you can... Write a review and rate us. Give us five stars, please, please, please. And then copy and paste those things to other places where you might be getting your podcasts. Yeah. Spotify does take text. text uh, Do they? I, th- I last haven't I heard, seen a way. Last I heard, listening to another podcast, can't remember which one it was, but a recent episode of another podcast, they said that they can now get text ra- uh, ratings. I frequently listen to pod- Spotify and I've, I've looked and I haven't seen a way to leave a review. Maybe it's if you're a, a paid Spotify subscriber. Maybe it's not for the free version. Uh, I yeah. don't know. We, we'll look into that and report After back. After they gave Joe Rogan all the money in the world, I decided I'd never give them a penny of my money. So yeah, sorry, Spotify. That's what you get. Yeah, I bailed at that point too. I'm actually uh, been using Tidal, which... Um, also, if you've got a high enough internet connection, a fast enough internet connection, the sound quality on Tidal is lossless if they have the master. And it sounds much better than... Let's plug Good Pods, though, because yeah. they've been really supporting us. Yeah. A really stylish thing to do would be to leave a five-star review with writing. What to write about? Whatever you want. Tell us what you like in your sandwich. Tell us what you're putting on the grill later. <laughs> Burgers tonight. Yeah. Five-star review there with writing. Copy and paste that. Go over to Good Pods, paste that in. Yeah, Apple Two Podcasts reviews. or yeah, wherever. And tell your friends and family. Tell them about the Meat for Tea cast. Tell them your favorite episodes. Call us. <laughs> Leave us a voice memo. Yeah, well, you don't have their phone number, but I think you can do that through the Anchor yeah. Site. There's a there's a little microphone button where you can leave us a voice message, or you can just leave a voice message on your phone and email it to meetfortcast at gmail.com and we'll probably play it on an upcoming episode if we we read reviews on episodes too mm-hmm. when we have them. This week I'm a little sad. No, there's none. All right, shall we tuck into this wonderful reading from Lindsay Atkins? We should. Okay, here it comes. It's my. Pleasure and great honor to welcome author Lindsay Atkins, author of Fixing the Halo, to her book launch party and all of her wonderful guests. Thanks for being here, people. It's a stunning book, and I'm thrilled to have the Meat for Tea cast imprinted on it. And who am I? I'm Elizabeth McDuffie. Editor of Meat for Tea, the Valley Review, and yeah, the Meat for Tea Press imprint, and co-runner of Meat for Tea Press. Yeah, you said Meat for Tea cast imprint. Did I? Yeah, that's because I'm wearing. I'm not shirt. surprised <laughs> that, that it prompted me. Yep. Well, we so, edit copiously in post. I'll leave it. So here's Lindsay. Here's Lindsay. Yay. Right. Well, thank you for having me, and. Um, Thank you all for being here. I'm really thrilled. And um, 
I'm just delighted to be at uh, Splendor Solace Books and um, it's a lovely, lovely bookstore. And I'm very happy that, um, yeah, I get to read here today and share this with all of you. So um, I'm gonna start by reading a few poems from the book, I think. I think that would be the thing to do. So um, this first one is called Rachel at the Well. Bring your good shoes. To drink from me, you'll have to sweat. My sisters are a flood, water sloshing over their cleft hips. Get your pitcher ready. Or hollow my pitch, cousin. No, call me lover. Call me wife most pale, since you and your God will not ask if I am thirsty. You just roll the stone into my mouth and kiss it. How pink my shape of lips over gravel, like, oh, husband mine and hers and hers and hers. I am so grateful, for you'll be so great with your crop of mandrakes, and I'll be so full of you night after night, pouring your sons into my wine, praying to drink of them again. I will grant you two, one to lose and another to lose me. I will drown in my own womb, call him Benoni, Benoni, that child of sorrow, drained at last, sloped into your ground. This flesh will finally know what it is to take up room. So that poem is based on the, um, the biblical Rachel. Um, a lot of the poems in this chapbook have biblical undertones or, or harken back to biblical stories. The second one I will read is called um, Precious Blood Fire. So back in 1875, no, that's okay, <laughs> please. <laughs> um, back in 1875 on the Feast of, uh, the Feast of Corpus Christi, so in May, um, Precious Blood Church in Hoyoke, uh, Massachusetts burned down. Um, 78 people died. Uh, the majority of them were women and girls. Those logs we carved and stacked into worship became fire and smoke as they birthed their bark backwards. We know this now. A woman is not the flame that breathed deeper than our corseted lungs could. And if you drift like ash over your own shoulder, past the hose spray, the scorch of skin, the human pile near the door we couldn't shoulder, You'll hear us sing of wheat among the ruins. You'll see us turn to the Blessed Virgin bust and gasp when a breeze lifts through the window, kicks up the lace around her head. One gust will flit the veil into a candle's billow. You'll see us grasp for prayers to recite. You'll see how fast a woman's prayer ignites. That one was a sonnet for anyone who's keeping <laughs> Let me read this one. Okay. Uh, so this one is called Sylvia Plath is my grandmother, but she is not. My grandmother is actually here. She's right there. <laughs> um, she is not Sylvia Plath, um, but she is wonderful and amazing um, and has lived a lovely storied life. But what inspired this poem was actually thinking about how my grandmother lived in the same vicinity as Sylvia Plath, both when Sylvia Plath was around here and also when Sylvia Plath was in London, because my grandparents spent some time in London. So I had fun kind of inverting, inverting stories, I guess, if you will. 
Um, so this is Sylvia Plath as my grandmother. She writes with a wooden spoon, wet from stirring the beef stew, wax her kids on their bottoms with feathered pens and they laugh, standing on chairs in the kitchen. Her husband writes with a wrench, slick with car engine oil and afternoons spent in the garage, versifies Saturday to-do lists on thin yellow paper, savors the crossouts like oh oh little darlings. She schools the altar boys of Hoyoke in the postmodern art of knowing nothing and prays down the road in Northampton to the Holy Seven Sisters for less courage. Her prayers are answered. When she lived in England, there were no bees unless she whittled them in paper and she did not like boy, berry, bell jar. Her journals did not buzz. She drank tea in a chicken coop and drove the river into her car every wash day. She births her children by closing her eyes, her poems by unfolding her legs. Her lines arc up at both ends, off of skinned, paged skin so they smile and talk back to her. A son and daughter lie snug under covers like two ink smudges. So when she sees the oven, she does not want to crawl inside. Instead, she thinks of how she used to dry her hair, just outside its heated open mouth, while her mother washed the dinner dishes and together they'd wring the water out. Listen for the drop hiss that shivers when coldness reaches for breath. Mm. And then I'll read one more from, um, from the book. It's a little bit longer. It's in four parts. Um, I don't read this one often, I guess, because I... I don't know, I guess maybe it's a little bit longer, but I'll read it now. It's called Esau's Daughter. So it's a persona poem about the biblical character Esau, but from the perspective of an imagined daughter. An Old Testament. Bark will not bend to story. Find my lines in the shuffle of pages, limbs resisting spine, thigh knock to dash of shoulder, little pullback of my mother's arc bow womb my father's hunt not to the rib but from it. I know how to curve my fingers around his mistakes. I know about stray arrows stuck in the mud, their heads snagged on roots, their shafts cracked in my calloused palms. But I know too about hitting marks, the slow peel back of fur from flesh, the basin drip beneath the artery, the evening drained through the throat, the kiss of meat and bone. I try to imagine it isn't me, like I can't jump out of my own skin, like I don't bleed every night fixing the halo to my tilted head. Where does the mind go after? Sorry, I don't want to alarm you. What I mean is try to keep this alwaysness about you because nothing shines like an empty Hoyoke house in summer. The way the sunlight clings like skin to the windows and the heat rises and ripples through the roof, ripples the roof shingles. My father was first born. I used to think this mattered, like our bodies hold on to order. But look here, order holds on to us. All these wooden floors with foot-shaped faded spots, mattresses, concaved spines since turned to dust. Outside a cardinal is smushed in the driveway like a paper heart. No matter then, the way Esau's raw hands traced the furrowed bellies, a lover's easy grapple for a spot to slip in the blade, or the reach Jacob had for a god he could not see, a reach until his hand found anything, his brother's rucked-up heel, a spoon, a blessing. 
So give me instead gods whose souls catch in their throats. I want to feel a need on both sides of the skin, pull at a hoof, hush its muscle, come into the after like a wooden door too fat on humidity to fit in its frame, like red feathers plastered on hot concrete, like a blade pushed through flesh. My father fell from earth easy as stewed meat from the bone. What did I learn from this? That a headless human body slumped and carried on shoulders looks like a slaughtered buck. I ran, I did, to where the others were hanging. Antlers skimming red mud, chests open like bloody butterflies, and looked for rope to pull up the newly hunted. But then I saw feet, hands. I stood with his dead and their eyes as his sons carried him into the house for the last time without his eyes. He never left a head behind, tossed to the weeds at the lip of some cave, but we carved a space amid the oak tree roots for his torso and limbs, while miles away his face, spinal cord thrusting out of hacked neck, rolled and lobbed atop his father's grave. The shine of open eyelids, white, blood dripping back to the artery, the pull of an arrow out of flesh and into the bonock. There is so much wind between his bones. Fathers are made in the mind, and some nights I dream of you. You become the bowl of stew, the one cooked by your brother as if your birth order could be chopped and seasoned, simmered and stirred. He slurps from his wooden spoon, slants his head back, and pulls the broth down his throat. It is red with spice, and he gnashes at his mouth corner for a bit of potato skin. Drops of you still sway in the bowl curve, push down the table leg, lift to my nose, but he laughs and says, you are gone. With a belch, he turns you into a ghost. I walk by with two ladles full of you, heave the heat into his face, wake up starving. And I have a couple others I could read. These are um, not from this chapbook, but from works in progress. And so I'll share a few of them now with you. The first is called um, Chickabee Two Boys. And so a few winters ago around Christmas, there were two um, young boys who unfortunately passed after going out onto the river, thinking it was frozen, I imagine, and it, it, and it wasn't. And so this is, Obviously not my tragedy, but I was very impacted by it. And so um, this poem is, is about that. Chicopee Two Boys. Wet leaves rust the ground three days after Christmas, too warm. So who can say why they went out onto the ice, except that they are, were boys. So easy to forget about the current below until it's unraveling around you. They find one, fly him to Boston, but he dies the next day. We wait to hear about the second in front of TVs, phones, news tickers streaming across the bottoms of screens. I search Chicopee two boys over and over, drag my thumb, refresh, hear myself tell you that I am late. And so we wait, in and out of the bathroom, each time wondering what I'll find, whether my body is up to something. This place has a history of losing children to snow and ice. 
the hole in the frozen river cracking, falling away, expanding, the space between my hips widening like a galaxy, motherhood drifting down the river, and maybe, if we're lucky, clinging to the reeds. And I'll read this one. This is a very new one that I, that I wrote. So kind of still a work in progress, but um, I don't know if anyone's familiar with the Odyssey, but um, it's called <laughs> Odysseus as Penelope as Telemachus. If I swim to where I feel the shore as a phantom limb, with each stroke know my body raises bodies and sea levels, even for just a shredded second, so the fish can't be bothered to notice how much water did it take to drown this ship in the first place. There is power in having an answer, in measuring, in saying, I must get rid of this to make room for that. What did I lose to keep a child in my blood? In pushing her from my body, what did I then make room for? Sometimes this skin is nothing but a barrier. My body and Ithaca, good for housing anyone but me. I choked through the waves and Odysseus returning to find the woman I left waiting is a crescent of me, slumps in some back room weaving and unweaving a death shroud like she owns the afterlife, leaving strands to glisten on the floor for the birds in their nests, sending her labor out to the lineage of the trees. And my child needs me and doesn't, a dreamer always flitting between first and third person, sometimes in the same sentence, and I must lie and say this is wrong, like no one notices how the lightning unmakes itself, crawls back to gather where it came from after bouncing off the sea. Read maybe a couple there it is um so this one is called it all goes by so fast and it was published in meat for tea which i'm very excited about and um you should definitely read their magazine and you should also submit to um they put out wonderful beautiful um journals and books okay it all goes by so fast my body is black hole, inward infinity on the shelf, thumb spine draw down whether pulled or pulling, a billowing spill of space on loop. Can I exist like this, as swallow and swallowed and swallowing, tree as both squirrel sleep and the place to put a pellet in its head, both antenna pitch frame and the place to lightning fry a single wire to Johnny Carson. This is the season I carried you, a spade at my hip, ready to dig through myself for one dusty household ligament. Double duty, hoping my herky-jerky elbows would make you laugh. I tried to make my voice good blue, light as wind, so words didn't fall from my mouth to the dirt. I learned faucet water could carry you downstream to sleep, and I couldn't go there with you. The men came from the other room with their beer pointing to clocks. The peonies in the yard put more petal endings underfoot. At night, the dog barked down the yard's lonely black throat. Okay, I'll read just two more. So this next one is called, It Is the Clouds. And I wrote it 
last summer after the um the uh tragedy in Uvalde, Texas. So this is uh it is the clouds. As soon as I've said it, I think no, that is wrong. We are eating dinner at the pub outside because COVID, while rain pelts the tent over our heads, rushes down the open sides and small rivers, and thunder stomps across the horizon. All the things I would gather in my arms and shove back into the barrel if I could. My daughter is afraid of the thunder and asks for a hug. Demands might be a better word choice. She isn't yet too, doesn't know the different shades of language. I explained to her it is just the clouds banging into one another, like Legos in her little fists. Bang, bang, she says, bang, bang. Everyone at the table laughs. But even as I'm saying the words, I think, no, that isn't quite right. Something to do with lightning, the sound of air cooling, counting the seconds from flash to boom to find the distance between you and the bolt. I've oversimplified it. You should ask your uncle sometime, I say, the one who's a meteorologist. Bang, bang, she says, pounding her hands together, already sure in her understanding. My husband's sister looks at her phone and sighs. Another shooting, she says, in Tulsa. Not a school, a medical building. I wonder if, when I write this poem, as I know I will, the rain will be small coins or bullets, or just rain. Rain is, after all, rain. Any good meteorologist will tell you so. Having spent all our metaphors and smile, similes for guns and their blooms already, we go back to our fries and beers. Bang, my daughter whispers, bang. The lightning flashes and I begin counting how long until this word means something else to her. Okay. I'll end with this one on a little bit more of a hopeful note. Also about my daughter um, that I wrote on her first birthday. And so it is very creatively called for my daughter on her first birthday. <laughs> <laughs> Yesterday, we sat together on a blue blanket in the sand, waving at seagulls while you shrieked at the impossibility of flight. I lay on my stomach and tried to read a Sharon Olds poem your father had ripped out of a magazine, one about, I think, a bear. You grabbed the page and crumpled it in your palm then opened your fingers to let the wind toss it down the shoreline, clapping and laughing when it caught in a footprint. I arched up, retrieved it, and chose to give it back to you. I wanted you to laugh again. Again and again we did this until your face was red and your belly loose with delight. This is my greatest wish for you. Belief that what you love will never leave you. Smiling when it does. Salt, sand, and birds. Applause for the steps gone before you, and a poem, maybe this one, forever drifting and softly coming back to your hands. Does anybody have any questions? Comments? Encore? <laughs> Requests? <laughs> well, they were all wonderful. Thank you. I like your Uvalde one. You like that one? I like that. Yeah. It's very good. Now she's three years old, almost. 
She is almost three years old. Yeah. <laughs> what was the title of the the, the, the quartet? That you uh, Esau's daughter. Yeah, I like that one. Oh, thank you. Does your great granddaughter? Yes. <laughs> does your does your daughter still have one meaning for the word bang? Yes. It's still, it's still. Think so for still now. Yeah. For now. That's wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> three, not that's, quite three. That's yeah. pretty little to. Yeah, I like it. That's good. Yeah, yeah. I think it's appropriate. I remember yeah. being fascinated and terrified at the same time of, of thunderstorms. Yes, but she loved them and hated them for some reason simultaneously. Yeah, she is still. For a she's while, an, she, she's an angel in disguise. She is an angel. In <laughs> for a while, she was like fine with thunderstorms and things. Actually, within the past like couple of weeks, she started to like be afraid of like thunderstorms and various like weather things again. Think you know, she's starting to, you know, understand. Like, un this is gonna sound weird, but I think she's starting to understand that she doesn't understand that. If you know what I mean, yeah. like, and that there's things that she like doesn't get, and I think that mm -hmm. that frightens her a little bit. Um, the awareness of, of knowing that you don't know. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Because you can not know and not be aware of it, and, and that's fine. That's, yeah, that's just bliss. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're just in time to ask questions. <laughs> <laughs> Does she have a concept that her mommy has a book? Yes, what she think she does. That? She I I think she she thinks it's cool. She, you know, um we also she has a few there's a a wonderful board book series called um I think it's like the Little Poet series. Aww. And so there's one book that she has. It's like a very, um, very, very watered down version of Nevermore. <laughs> um, she also has a one that's about Emily Dickinson, and it has like various snippets of lines from her poems throughout it. And because he didn't stop for me, death kindly waited. Not no, those ones. Not <laughs> ones about like bees and butterflies and you know the grass, all very you know Little narrow fellow in yeah. the grass. <laughs> exactly. Um, and then she has another one that's um, the the two roads. Uh, diverged in the wood, and which one? The Robert Frost. Robert Frost. Yes, the Robert Frost. So yeah. not, so not, that not, his, not his poem out, out about the, the boy who. No. Yeah. No, no. As <laughs> an un, untimely and early demise. There's no brown shoe, brown shoe, you will not do. <laughs> no. Black shoe, black shoe. No, no. It's, it's uh, <laughs> Exactly. Although she does, she really likes Nevermore. She like because the, the, the book repeats that word. I mean, as the poem does. Does she obviously. say it with you? When yeah. You read it, she's like, yeah. Nevermore. Yeah. <laughs> Nevermore. Awesome. She she likes it, um, which is pretty great. That's charming. So, and she knows that, you know, mommy's a poet and these are poets, and so she's she's made she's made that connection. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. And we'll be back in just a moment. We have a very generous partner to meet for tea. We really appreciate them very much because mm -hmm. it's through ad support that we stay in print. So without further ado, let me tell you about Sucre Bay. Sucre Bay is 
perfume made by weirdos like you. And they're a cruelty-free, women-owned indie perfume and body products company who love making people smell good. Each scent is crafted by hand in their Washington State lab located in the woods. And honestly, I don't know where else you can find fragrances with names like Sea Hag, Don't Panic, Siren Song, Goth as Fuck. Those are just a few of their bestsellers. So great. They have all sorts of other things to bath care products. And also they, they partner with a lot of interesting people, including our friend Sarah McCartney of 4160 Tuesdays. Sucre Bay is one of the few places in the States you can get yourself some 4160 Tuesdays fragrances. Yes. So head on over to sucrebay.com. Check out their wares. And we thank them Check for... Check the show notes for the proper spelling. Mm-hmm. And thank you very, very or much. Or should I do it on Sucre mic Bay. now? Oh, yeah. You know what? How's it spelled? Yeah. So if you just go to S-U-C-R-E-A-B-E-I-L-L-E.com, that'll get you there. Yeah. We really appreciate their support. Thank you so much, Sucre Bay. Thank you so much, Sucre Bay. We love you. And welcome back. Can we hear another? Sure. Let's see. You know what we'll do? This is the last one from the book. Another one that I often don't read, and I don't know why, but um, I'll read it now. It's called The Unnaming. In the beginning, there was a child. The planet Slow Creek wove her... Wind like a hand over marsh grass, over foam, over sand. Riverbank mud to her ankles, she threw stones into the current. Wet air curled her hair, or she'd suck on it, wrap a strand around a twig, unwind. She did this for no one but herself, to pass what she did not know was time. She created the light, she created the darkness. She created the sky and the grasses, the sun and the moon, the birds and fishes and creeping things because she was the first to see them. She did not give names. There was no one to hear her speak. Palm leaves cupped her in the dirt as she slept and she did not dream of the words for this. She did not know she had hands or feet or eyes or a womb. Nothing existed and she used it all. Like us, her memories began with blotted light a hum low and full as the clouds, an impulse like a raindrop to run her fingers over her skin. She ate wild beasts, sucked on their ribs. Nothing was forbidden, even the marrow. She had no God. She had no age. She had no name. And she saw that it was good. Mm. Mm. Who was this character? <laughs> Well, actually, what? so what inspired it, really, if you want to know, was, um, I actually wrote this one kind of a while ago, but I have a, a cousin, I have a couple cousins who are, are quite a bit younger than me, and so um, a boy and a girl, she was probably, oh, I don't know, I want to say like four or five, and I was I was watching her play on the beach, and there was just something so, like, wonderful, I think, but, you know, we were just kind of talking about kids, like, 
not really realizing a lot about the world and not knowing certain things. And there's a certain bliss in that and also kind of a certain fear with that. But she was, she was on the beach and she was, she was sucking on strands of her hair and she was wrapping them around a stick to like try and curl them. (laughs) And I thought, yeah, I thought that was so interesting. (laughs) Um, First, I guess that like she thought it would work, and you know there was just almost something like like wild and like feral about it, like you know. Um, and so I, I kind of just got to thinking about like, what if that was like the the start of it all, you know, like something like that instead of you know the creation story that we that we get, which is which is fascinating in in its own right, but um, I think like. There's also just with with the the story of creation. I feel like I feel like there's a lot to be learned, like on an individual level. Like I feel like um, we all like come into this world knowing nothing, and we 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 in our own way like create create things based on what we see and and how we interpret them and and what we do and how we react to them, and so we kind of like build our own worlds as we go. And so um, I was thinking about that too, but really just the image of a, of a young girl, like doing that with her hair on the beach and just running like, around. Like sometimes you will twist your hair. I know, I twirl my hair. I Lots know. of people And do. you try to do mine, but it's too short. It's too short, it doesn't work. Well, she'd always rub my head. <laughs> Remember that? Yeah, you remember. I remember. <laughs> how, often, how often in, like, say a week are you inspired to write a poem? Um, I'd say at least a few times a week. Yeah. Now, whether I actually write that poem or whether it becomes like a little note, I actually, what I do is I text myself. That's what I do now. <laughs> I send a text to myself with like something that I've seen or, or, or if like a line comes into my head, I'll text it to myself. And then, you know, when I have like some dedicated time to sit down and write, I like go back through my, (laughs) through my texts, um, which is kind of the same. What I used to do is like keep a, like a, you know, a notebook on me at all times to like write stuff down. Um, I don't know. I think I, I think I moved away from that after like having a child. I don't know that it's necessary. Like, I don't know that it's harder to really carry a notebook around with you, but um, you just, I guess, don't always remember it, but your phone's always with you. So, you know, I'll text something to myself um, and then kind of try to, um, when I go back and look, you know, it'll be fun to see, like, does anything connect or or are there any patterns or anything like that that I can play with? Yeah. Yeah, I find that very handy to... Yeah. Have my phone. It's much easier than having a notebook on me. I have poems in my notes app. Yeah. Yeah. Do you ever have them? I've noticed that sometimes things just disappear from the notes app. Oh, I don't know. Not to. Not no. To <laughs> scare you. I, I, and I've actually had like. We've had it happen. Whole lines <laughs> of poems oh. that, that I had to like recreate. I, so, yeah, I'm not sure what that's about. That's sad, but. But also an opportunity to recreate, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> and also there should be. 
backup. Always have backup. Yeah. Yeah. Somewhere. Yeah. No, it's always interesting for me to, um, because, like, yeah, something will come into your head or you'll notice something. And a lot of the times you don't necessarily even know why at first. And I love, I love kind of, like, spending time being, like, why is that, like, sticking with me? You know what I mean? Like, why mm-hmm. am I continuing to think about that? Or why did that, like, jump out at me? It was just, like, a telephone wire or whatever images. it was. Or image, you know. Yeah. But, like, why did it, you know. And that's where... That's where I think the, the, you know, the poem begins. Does your little girl like to try to write poetry? Not yet. <laughs> I, th- I could see her. Does she pretend she's writing? No. Right now we're at a, she pretends she's reading. Oh, nice. A lot. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so the point of she even make up little, little stories, you know, um, to like read to her, her like baby doll or, you know, mm-hmm. just... Whatever. She'll say, sure, I'm going to read this. That'll or... come later. Sure. Oh, yeah. Sure. Yeah. She does like to sing a lot. She does like to sing a lot. Oh, nice. She sings. She makes up little songs. Okay. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> so. Which is what Lindsay used to do, too. Oh. Yes, oh, that's I the did. beginning. That's, that's yeah. a beginning. poetic yeah. behavior. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she would make them up yeah. for her little brother and teach them. <laughs> so they would sing them together. Oh. Nice. <laughs> I was going to say the uh, one about the river and the two boys. Mm-hmm. It kind of touches home a little bit with myself because years ago when I was younger, we'd be down by that river and um, <laughs> my mother always used to say, don't go play by the river. Mm-hmm. And yeah. of course, we we go there and say, why not? Mm-hmm. Right? But there yeah. was in the winter, and like you said, there was I heard a dog, I mean, howling like, like crying. And we went up the dike, down the dike, and I went out on the ice, and it was starting to crack. So I kind of, Mm. I ended up, I saved the dog. Oh, wow. I don't know how long it was in the water. I think about it, what what you said about those two boys. Yeah. I I was very lucky that day that I didn't fall in. Yeah, for sure. The dog was lucky, too. Yeah. Did you tell your mother (laughs) No. There have been dogs got caught on the ice when they fall in the river. Yeah. It, it's happened in Chicopee. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm sure, yeah. No, it's, it's happened. It's, it's always a. They get, they get underneath the ice and they can't get out. So. Yeah. 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 But when you're in that situation, you don't think about. Right, you think, well, I want to try to say this, because it was a yeah. German shepherd, oh, wow. and he was huge, and I said, I, I couldn't just leave him there, so I, I just took my chances, I guess, and yeah. now, like you said, after those two boys, I could have fallen in, and mm-hmm. you know, yeah. it touches, yeah. uh, touches home. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I mean, there's, you know, there's something about being young, and just, you know. You, you don't think don't... of the consequences, yeah. you think of... You know, just, yeah, yeah. Well, at least I had a purpose to be out there. I don't know what those other boys were doing out there, but mm-hmm. adventure, Being exactly. <laughs> I, I'm sure, Being kids. yeah, yeah. At yeah. that age, yep. I walked on thin ice literally yep. a number of times, probably yep. very foolishly. But, but you're a kid, you know, you yes. don't walk on thin ice, <laughs> right? Yeah, we did. <laughs> <laughs> 
I don't think it was a very deep body of water. It was a little little pond near my house. I, I think it was probably three feet deep, and we were four feet tall or whatever. So it would have, if we fell in, we would have gotten very cold. I don't think we would have had any. It wasn't like a, a river. Go for hypothermia. Yeah, that would have been it. <laughs> so you're gonna work on another collection, or yeah. what's next? Yeah, I am working on. Uh, um, a collection of full length about, um, you know, motherhood and, and postpartum and kind of really how motherhood, I think, changes. I mean, it changes everything, but uh, <laughs> um, and, and parenthood, I, you know, parenthood as well. Um, fatherhood. But um, specifically, I've been uh, very interested in how how motherhood has has changed me uh has changed my mind i think like you know resh and it, scientifically it really does reshape your brain and so um mm -hmm. that's something i've been i've been reading about and and kind of writing about and um you know the the challenges there and the the wonder there and all the all the messiness and yeah when you say full length, what do you mean by full length? So this, the goal with this one would be probably um, eighty pages or more. Mm -hmm. yeah. We publish books of that length. <laughs> <laughs> just, 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 in case saying. you didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's um, that's in the works. I've been I've been working on. You know, the thing is, is that you know you are. A, you are a mother now, and so you have right. less time. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I've been working on that for for you know um, a few years, and and I have a, another one on the way. I'm interested to kind of um, a uh, meet her and and <laughs> welcome her to our family, but also you know um, creatively, I think um, pregnancy and birth are are just um, very very interesting events. So. Um, I'm interested to see what comes of that as well, creatively. Yeah, and it's literally a huge act of creation. Yeah, yeah, uh, right. Yeah, literal. it doesn't <laughs> get much more literal. Yeah, yeah. Essentially, so. the most creative act. <laughs> yeah, favorite <laughs> person. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It could be. Do you know of any poets that have done a collection similar to that? Motherhood or? Oh yeah, there's yeah, um a uh, quite quite a few There's a lot of have... there's a body of work. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um I I'm very inspired by Maggie Smith. I think she she writes a lot of beautiful um uh stuff about her children and family life and being a parent. Um most recently her her divorce as well, but she um I, her work is is gorgeous. So, Maggie yeah. Smith. Maggie Smith. Yeah. 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 I like her. Yeah. I'm um, I'm trying to kind of place a little bit more of an emphasis on the like, the like the science of it and the 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 actual like changes in your body and in your mind um as well to kind of have that be a thread throughout um. But yeah. So is she is she your biggest influencer you like? Or? That's hard to say. <laughs> <laughs>
Um, I mean, I think my first influence was Emily Dickinson. I mean, growing up around here and just, she was, you know, I think, I think literally my first introduction to poetry, probably. She's everywhere here. Yeah, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So her, Maggie, yeah, Maggie Smith, Sharon Olds. I love Sharon Olds. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I have a, f- a few, I'd say. Very good. Anybody else anything they want to <laughs> ask about or offer? Uh, Comment on. That was lovely. Well, thank no, thank you, everyone, so for much. your your time yeah. and your attention and letting me share this with you. Thank you, Lindsay. Thank you. Let's give it up for Lindsay. You're the greatest. You're the greatest. Somebody said it on TV about you're the greatest. All right. Wasn't that wonderful? That was really cool. Isn't she an amazing poet? Yeah, she's really, really good. If you like what you read, you can pick up that book. You can. Fixing the Halo, go to meetfortea.com. Go to our Meet for Tea Press Books page on our website, and you can order from there. Or if you are so inclined, you can grab the ISBN number from that page and order it from your local bookstore. We'd love that. Mm-hmm. If your local Splendor Solace has copies for sale, and they also have for just a couple more bucks, they have signed copies mm-hmm. for sale too. So if you're Local to Western Mass, that's something to remember. And they'll be coming to Broadside Books soon. And there are copies at Book Moon, too. But Splendor Solace is the only place that has signed copies for you to date. Grab them while they're hot. Yeah. Very hot, very hot. Well, great. Thanks Thanks for sticking around for this episode of the Meat for Tea Cast. And we'll be back in a couple weeks. Leave us a review if you liked it. Please do. The Meat for Tea cast is produced by Elizabeth McDuffie and Meat for Tea, The Valley Review. Mixed by Mark Allen Miller at Sewn Lab, East Hampton, Massachusetts. Visit Meat for Tea at www.meatfortea.com. Please consider going to anchor.fm to make a contribution through our contribution page. You can reach us through Meat for Tea cast at gmail.com or you can leave a voice message at anchor.fm forward slash meat for teacast we welcome suggestions for contents for the meat for teacast if you've attended a meat for tea cirque and want to hear from one of the bands or one of the spoken word contributors please let us know all portions are copyright meat for tea and their respective holders vote for meat for tea on your favorite podcast app Follow us on Twitter at Elizabeth, Meet for Tea on Instagram, and on the Meet for Tea and Meet for Tea Cast Facebook pages. Meet for Tea is available everywhere you get your favorite podcasts.